welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here, and it's good to be in God's presence. I don't know how you've come this morning, but in this encounter series that we've been looking at, I pray that each of us this morning will really encounter Jesus. That's what it's all about. And uh, over the over the weeks, we've been uh, looking at different people in the scriptures that Jesus encountered. Nicodemus, uh, as Jesus said, you need to be born again. The Samaritan woman, whose spiritual thirst she satisfied, he satisfied. The adulterous woman, who was forgiven and restored by Jesus. The blind man who received his sight. And last week, Lazarus, who was raised from the dead. This is the kind of Lord that we have, (laughs) who says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. This is the one to encounter. And we come to the final one today, Mary, who anointed Jesus for burial. One of the things I noticed that all the other people, Jesus did something wonderful for. Mary was the one who did something for Jesus. She anointed him with very precious ointment. And and, and that that was a difference. You know, some years ago, um, I recall I was busy, as it were, getting on with life on what we would call the fast lane. And I guess some of you live on the fast lane. I was pastoring the church, but I was also a faculty head in, in, um, uh, in a comprehensive school. Uh, I, I came to this part to train to be a teacher some years ago, longer than I care to recall. And, uh, and the, the, the things of family life, pastoring a church, Pass, uh, uh, um, teaching in a faculty, and I was on the fast lane in the stresses and strains of life. Some of you may feel like that today. But my encounter with Jesus came one day as I was doing life as I saw it, and Jesus whispered in my heart so clearly, Peter, I've missed you. And I was shocked. He didn't say it in a reproving way, but he said it to my heart in a drawing way with cords of love. And uh, I was shocked how much Jesus wanted intimacy with me. Jesus, you created the world and everything in it and everyone. You singled me out to tell me I've missed you. You value me that much. You know, God wants us to know this morning how much he values you, how precious you are to him. And I, I, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry that I was so busy. Uh, 
I'm amazed how much you love me, enough to miss me. And I remember saying, Lord, I choose this day to draw near more than ever before to your presence, to know your heart, to hear your voice. You know, it's very easy to be involved with the work of the Lord and yet miss the Lord of the work. It can happen. Jesus says on one occasion, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, And he calls his own sheep, Jesus says, by name. And they follow him for they know his voice. Peter, I've missed you. I want to ask you this morning, when did you last hear Jesus call you by name? What did he say into your heart? Because he longs to regularly speak into our hearts and lives. It's so easy in this fast-moving society to be driven by life. And I came to desire to live as a call person, not as a driven person. I remember meditating some time ago on James 4 verse 5, where James says, where it says, the spirit who lives in us yearns jealously. And I thought, Lord. And I looked at the Amplified and it says, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom he has caused to dwell in us when we're born again, yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. You know, the Lord is jealous over us. He's jealous when other things and other people draw us away from him who made us that he might enjoy us forever. Peter, I've missed you. I've missed you. And I want us to contrast that with Mary of Bethany this morning. She appears three times in Scripture and on three different occasions in all four Gospels, we find us sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and pouring out her love upon him. Let's just have a look at this passage. It's in uh, John chapter 12, if I can just get my Bible and follow it along. And this is what it says. Then six days after the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, a spikenard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for for the poor? Sold for 300 denia, a year's wages, and given to the poor. Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and and had the money and he used to take what was put in. But Jesus says, let her alone. 
She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. I want this morning to notice three things about Mary's encounter with Jesus. I think they're coming up. First of all, her extravagant love for Jesus. Secondly, her intimacy that sustained her intensity for Jesus. And thirdly, she lived before an audience of one, and that was Jesus. First of all, Mary's extravagant love for Jesus. You know, Mary was close enough to Jesus to know that he was going to die very soon, unlike the disciples. And she poured out this, her extravagant love on him before his crucifixion. She gives an unthinkable love offering and anoints him for burial. Just picture the scene. Jesus, she bursts into the room and there are a lot of people there, probably, uh, uh, we're told, 15 to 17 men besides others. She broke over, over uh, she broke this alabaster box, a costly perfume. I couldn't quite get what I wanted this morning. And she poured it on Jesus' head, soaked her hair in the perfume and washed his feet. And it says, the house was filled with a fragrance. You know, what we do for Jesus, costly, produces a fragrance in our lives of his presence. It's something that happens. Mary's entire life savings were in that bottle. And Judas, it says in John's account, was angry and offended. But so were the other disciples we read in other accounts. Why was this fragrant oil wasted? Why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? And Mary, what about your inheritance? What about your inheritance, Mary? What about the future? And I sense Mary was saying, Jesus is my future. He's my inheritance. He's the one that's worth giving everything for. You know, any extravagant thing that we do for Jesus will always produce controversy. But Jesus commends her. In one gospel, it says she is, she, he said, she has done a beautiful thing to me. <laughs> I think, Lord, I'd love to do beautiful things for you. I want to do that. Do you? Beautiful thing. She's done a beautiful thing for me. She, she kept this for the day of my burial. You know, secondly, her intimacy sustained her intensity. You know, our intimacy with Jesus is the only way we'll keep passionate, keep overflowing for Jesus. We can sometimes come to a meeting and the presence of the Lord is there and we go away passionate for Jesus, but then it runs out. You see, we, we, we start, but we don't continue. But 
real intimacy with Jesus will keep us passionate and overflowing for him. Mary always appeared sitting at his feet. She made that her prime uh, desire, listening and pouring out her love upon him. You see, Jesus was more than a celebratory thrill and it was more than his healings and his teachings, but she peered into the Saviour's heart and understood Jesus' emotions. She cared about how he felt. So when Jesus came, she let all other responsibilities go and prized every moment in his presence. Mary's abandonment flowed out of her love-sicked heart for Jesus. And she was always criticised for it. In recent years, and I wish I'd come to realise this years ago, I came to realise that meditating and studying God's word for the, to understand the heart of God, what he feels, what he thinks from the scriptures and as we look through his word, which in many ways is a love letter to us. To understand, and I came to understand the importance of studying the heart of God. You know, David said these words, he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If we want, like we do, healthy families, relationships, ministries, careers, the most practical way is to cultivate an overflowing heart of worship, to regularly focus on God who is a happy God. He delights over us with singing to focus on his word, which is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And we will be progressively filled with his presence, with his happiness, with his joy, with his direction. Slowly I came to understand that helps me from becoming grouchy. I've never enjoyed God more than when I got the revelation that God enjoys me even in my weaknesses. Someone needs to hear that this morning. My personal, uh, if I could just be personal this morning, I eventually found, and I don't have time to unpack it because we don't have an hour, that every day with Jesus involves a lifestyle of daily as possible, being in his word, reading and meditating and worshipping in his presence. And when we focus on Jesus' character, his heart, his many promises, and I find as I do in the word and I journal them down, write down from his word, I found that it really helped me in my walk with God. 
You see, it's turning it into a dialogue with Jesus. See, Jesus, my Saviour said, you said, Lord, you said, Lord, I come to the Lord, you'll never leave me or forsake me. You have loved me with an everlasting love. You said, my peace I give you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And when I talk to Jesus in this way, as I've learned to do, to dialogue with him, I'm setting my mind on him. I'm opening my spirit to him. And my emotions become slowly transformed. I begin to feel his pleasure, his joy, his gladness in loving him and him loving me. You see, God wants to, us to experience being loved by him, doesn't he? In John 7 verse 38, Jesus, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Let me just get this. I think I know it. He cried, he cried with a loud voice. If any man comes to me and drinks, out of his winnermost being will flow rivers of living water. I come to the Lord and said, Lord, I've come dry, but I've come to you. And I'm thirsty, Lord, to know you. I've come to you. And right now, Lord, I drink from you. And Lord, you have promised that out of my innermost being, the, the, the one version says our belly, <laughs> our innermost being will flow. You said rivers of living water. And I receive that now. And you know, as I come intentionally, I experience the living presence of Jesus flowing through me. And then I say, Lord, as I'm in your presence, Lord, is there anything that you want to speak into my life? That's my journal. I've got another one. You see, what God speaks into our lives is so precious. Spending time in his presence. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I'm finding that intimacy with Jesus is transformational. Amen? We all want that. What does Paul say? Be don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world squeeze you into it most, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and your heart as well. I used to sing an old song some years ago. You may know it. You may, Andrew. <laughs> you may know it. I come to the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses and the chorus goes and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Tarrying with Jesus, walking with him, talking with him, recording what he says. This is the intimacy that's so important. So, 
Mary was extravagant in her love for Jesus, firstly. Her intimacy was maintained through her intimacy, was, uh, was, was sustained through her intimacy with Jesus. And finally, she lived before an audience of one. There's that occasion in Luke 10 where Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Incidentally, Jesus would often choose to go to Mary and Martha's. Why did he choose to go there? Because he knew that they loved him and were interested in him for him. And so he was there and there was that incident where Mary was sitting at his feet and Martha was critical of Mary. She was worried and troubled. And this came from out-of-place priorities which undermine our ability to enjoy God. Out-of-place priorities. You see, I believe in the Christian life, it's important to get somehow a Mary and a Martha mix and get that in the right, right balance. And, and Jesus says to Martha, one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part and it'll not be taken from her. This one thing is not the only thing in the kingdom of God. Jesus isn't saying there's only one thing to do as Christians. Rather, he's pointing to Mary's devotion, her gazing heart of love. And he says, that's all you need to focus on. And the rest will flow from that in your lives. Joyful intimacy with our maker is what he wants. The Holy Spirit within us continually supplies our hearts when we're born again. And when difficult challenges come, we, he enables us to overcome that by his power and his presence and his word speaking. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it. Jesus was saying really to Martha, Mary's gazing heart is all you need to focus on. The rest will follow. Major things of my kingdom will happen in my time and in my way. And Mary gave herself to what Jesus called the first commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength that the first commandment is, becomes first, and then out of that, to love our neighbour like we love ourselves. Um, living before an audience, an audience of one. You see, the problem I found pastoring, and I came a lot of pastors along the way, is that we can end up with burnout. <laughs> and burnout comes... I believe when we fail to have that time with Jesus to draw from his strength and let his life flow through us. Jesus says, I only do what Father tells me. 
And his life flowed from that. And God doesn't want us to burn out. He wants to burn with his love in our hearts, which energizes us, enables us to be what we can never be ourselves. Living before an audience of one. It may seem wasteful, but it, there's no safer place, no more powerful place than sitting at the feet of Jesus, our Creator and our Lord. There's empowering, there's equipping, and it enables us to fulfill that second command. You know, I find all the powers of hell fight to keep us from being Christians of the one thing keeps us busy on other things. We suffer very often from optional fatigue. The moment we wake up, there's options. Options. Smartphone, internet, Facebook, news. We get up planning, visiting, fixing, calling friends, and our conscience nags us to do a hundred things that aren't the will of God. Our mind is filled with other things. It's easy to cultivate an attitude for the superficial and fail to create an attitude for the one thing, the one person, Jesus. I was reading just recently, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite writers, and he said this, the real problem of the Christian life comes the very moment you wake each morning. Are you listening, folks? All your wishes and hopes for the day rush in like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving them all back, listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And so to live like that all day. The life of the presence of Jesus. I have found that we can either be overcomers through Jesus or overcome by life's demands. Peter, I've missed you. I've missed you. Is Jesus calling you this morning? When I came this morning, I really sensed there are people here that the Lord wants to say, I've missed you. Not to condemn you. Because he says he's loved us with an everlasting love. But he longs for intimacy. He's made us, as the Westminster Catechism says, that he might enjoy us forever. Is he enjoying you? He wants to. He wants to. David, that uh, the greatest of Israel's king, that powerful warrior, that worshipper, that lover of God, said these words. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. As we behold his beauty, God whispers in his, his purposes. Be still 
and know that I am God. Jesus was the one, was a person. uh, uh, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and extravagantly poured out this ointment upon him, her life savings. And she poured it on the one who was willing to be stripped, to be beaten 2,000 years ago, to horrifically be executed on the cross for you and for me to save us eternally, to forgive our sins and to enjoy us forever. Jesus wasted, he gave his life for us that we might choose to waste and give our lives for him. I want to ask you this morning how you feel. You know, there may be some here who've never really experienced the love of Jesus, never really asked him into their life. And Jesus would say to you this morning, come unto me, all you that labour, you've tried to get through life yourself, and I'll give you rest, I'll give you peace. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anyone, he says, including you, opens the door, I will come in. And that's what he wants to do. And you could find this wonderful saviour for yourself. But there are others here, I sense, who are like me, whom the Lord's missing, whom we've got carried away with things. Somebody once said, the good is the enemy of the best. And he's the best. And today, I wonder if I could lead you in a prayer that I prayed to the Lord and I mentioned earlier. That if that's you this morning and he's calling you and he's saying, I missed you. And you're saying, Lord, I want to come. If you could just pray this prayer in your heart like I did. Lord, I'm so sorry that I got too busy. I'm amazed that you miss me. I choose, dear Lord, to draw near to your presence, to know your heart, to hear your voice. Please, precious Lord, flood my heart with your love and presence. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.